బైబిల్ ట్రెషర్స్ టాపిక్ ఫిఫ్టీన్ క్రిస్టియన్ మినిస్ట్రీ వెల్కమ్ టు ది సౌండ్ డాక్టర్ టెలికాస్ట్ ప్రైస్ గాడ్ ఫర్ ఆల్ ద కరెక్టివ్ టీచింగ్ దట్ వీఆర్ రిసీవింగ్ డ్యూరింగ్ దిస్ స్టేజ్ ఆఫ్ టాక్స్ వై దిస్ నెగటివ్ అప్రోచ్ why you talk about how not to do it instead of how to do it we have referred to the pattern the lord jesus christ employed in his teaching ministry now for example the fifth and the sixth and the seventh chapters of book of matthew we have the sermon on the mount of the lord jesus christ when he was talking about the basic spiritual disciplines example when he talked about charity when you give alms don't make a big show off and don't make a public display of it and when he talked about prayer there also you don't try to be seen by men and when he moved on to talk about the subject of fasting when you fast don't be just gloomy and long faced as if people should be able to recognize that you are fasting in yeah. other words before teaching how to do something jesus invariably taught the people how not to do it and this was the pattern in the old testament also for example god called jeremiah as a prophet to the nation how did god commission him I have called you to root out and to pull down. And after that to build and to plant. Yes beloved, unlearning is a prerequisite for proper learning. Why do we say that? Because we have too much of traditions against the truth of God's word. Turn for example to Mark's Gospel 7th chapter. we look at words 8 and verse 9 look at the first portion of the eighth words laying aside the commandment of god you hold on to the tradition of man look at the ninth words all too well you reject the commandment of god that you may keep your traditions in other words we love traditions too much and we do it at the expense of the truth of god's word In other words we begin to respect and give too much of weightage to man's opinions against what is written in God's word. What does the Bible say? First Peter first chapter. We look at verses 24 and 25. All flesh is as grass. All the glory of man as the flower of the grass. Grass withers and the flower also falls. but the word of the lord endures forever what is the glory of man it is like the flower of the grass his intelligence his brilliance all these things are just like the flower of the grass as the grass withers the flower also will fall away but the word of the lord endures forever So beloved this is the background with which we are proceeding with this series of talks and the topic before us is how not to minister we have more ministries and ministers today than any time perhaps in church history 
The sad observation is that with all this, we have accomplished very little. Now, I will give you a simple comparison. In the early days, just 120 disciples, they turned the world upside down. But today, in a city, there can be 120 churches. Even in that city, no lasting impact is made. The early church did not have a printing press. They did not have a public address system. They did not have any of the electronic gadgets that we have today. With practically no facility as we have, they were able to accomplish much, much, much more than what we are able to do today. Now, what is the reason that we are not able to do so much? I am thoroughly convinced that we have forsaken and gone away from biblical methods. Beloved, I want to receive these talks and these lessons not as a criticism, but an honest analysis. How not to minister? We will study lesson number one today. Do not substitute anything for personal work. Once again, do not substitute anything for personal work. In the Old Testament, there were two categories among God's people. One was priest, and the other was just people. And there were also two other types of leaders. One was prophets, and the other was kings. What were these prophets? They were the moral leaders of God's people. And what were the kings? They were the civil or the political leaders of God's people. There were three groups of people. One was priests, the other was prophets, and the other was kings. Now these three groups of people were alone anointed with the oil from the horn. But in the New Testament, it is not just a select people group like prophets, priests or kings. But in the New Testament, all the believers are anointed with the Holy Ghost. Turn with us to the book of Acts, 2nd chapter. Here we have this, what happened on the day of Pentecost. People were wonderstruck when they saw these people filled with the Holy Spirit. They asked the apostles, what does this mean? And they gave the answer in verse 16. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Not just a group of people. All the people of God, they would receive the descent of the Holy Spirit. No sex distinction. If you look at the 17th verse. Sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Both. And there is not going to be any age distinction. The same words he says, young men and old men. And there is also no class distinction, no social distinction. Because the 18th verse he says, even on the slaves I am going to pour out my spirit. 
in other words all the children of god in the new testament they are anointed in one sense as prophets now if you come with us to first peter second chapter we find they are not only prophets they also become priests and kings first peter if you look at the second chapter verses 4 and 5 You have come to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house for what? A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Beloved, it says that we are all priests for what? To worship God, to offer praises unto God through Jesus Christ. Not only that, when you come to verse nine. You are a chosen generation, and you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, and you are God's own special people. For what? That you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. In the fifth verse, it is to praise God, but in the ninth verse, it is to proclaim His message. So we are all prophets, we are all priests, we are all kings. Beloved, this message has to be very clearly understood. This is what we say: priesthood of all believers, and this is what we emphasize as also the prophethood of all believers. In the New Testament, there are not two groups called clergy and laity. There is only clergy. There is no laity. All the people of God are clergy. Cannot see anything else in the New Testament. This is a Reformation truth. But this Reformation truth today is more in theory than in practice. There is no non-gifted member. I want to tell you, believer, in the body of Christ. Either you have five talents. Or you will have two talents, or at least you will have one talent. There is none with none. The problem is with the single talented people. They are the silent majority. They are always trying to be spectators, thinking that we don't have five, we don't have two, we have only one. You know, there is something interesting about the single talented fellow. He did not waste his talent or lose his talent. But what did he do? He did not use it. That was his problem. And but what does the Bible say? How did the Lord actually address him? Matthew's Gospel, twenty-fifth chapter. Look at verse twenty-six. The Lord answered, said to him, "You wicked and lazy servant." So beloved, if you are not working for God, don't think it's okay. What is there? No, the Bible calls you as a wicked and slothful servant. Beloved, we are all in the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, and all the members in the church, we are all the organs in the body of Christ. I want to tell you there is no unimportant or insignificant organ in the body of Christ. 
Turn with us for an example to 1 Corinthians 12th chapter. Look at the 27th verse. You are the body of Christ and members individually. Underline each one individually. Each one is important. And look at the 18th verse. God has set the members, each one of them again, each one of them in the body just as he pleased. In other words, each child of God is there in the church and the world with a specific God-ordained purpose. Don't excuse yourself saying, I am not spectacularly gifted. We want to bring before you some people who are trying to give a lot of excuses. There was a man called Gideon. Lots of challenges were before him. He became very fearful. What did he say? Lord, what are the miracles that our fathers told about? Where is that power? We are very weak today. What did God tell Gideon? You go in whatever power and might that you have. Why? It is I who am sending you. There was Moses. When God called him. What did he say? I am a man of stammering lips. I am a slow of speech. I won't be able to articulate properly. I am not eloquent. What did God tell him? Who made man's mouth? I shall be with you and I shall be with your mouth also. And there was another person by name Jeremiah. When God called him, what did he say? I am a small young boy. I am not experienced. What did God tell him? I am going to be with you. I am sending you. Beloved, start doing what you have. What is the excuse that you are giving today? Dear friends who are watching this program, dear brother, dear sister, what is the excuse you are presenting? Why are you not working for God? Any excuse you open up before God, God has an answer for it. That doesn't mean immediately you should come on a pulpit and preach like this. Start with personal weakness. Share your testimony with one other person. Jesus Christ was always a personal soul winner. You know, for example, he was spending so much time, even in the night time, with Nicodemus. He was a religious leader. And there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. And Jesus was showing personal interest in that man's salvation. And there was a woman in Samaria. She was living in sin and she was literally an outcast. Jesus opened up a natural conversation with her. You know what happened? She became a soul winner. Yes, beloved, the hand-plucked fruit is always the best. I want to give you a testimony. I did not accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior in a huge crusade. My chemistry professor talked to me about the need of salvation. And I am a fruit of personal soul winning. And in the college campus, I became a personal soul winner. In the classroom, in the laboratory class, 
and also in the hostile camps, and also in the nearby villages. Whenever possible, I was a personal soul winner. I was a personal soul winner and I was faithful in small things. And God just lifted me up and brought me where I am today. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Though the beginning may be small, the end will be great and glorious. After all, the kingdom of God can be compared to a mustard seed. Don't be waiting for a very favorable condition. The Bible says, if you are just looking at the clouds, you will not begin to sow. And if you think it's going to rain, 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 you will never reap. The morning you sow your seed, in the evening don't just let your hand wither. You don't know whether that will prosper, or this will prosper, or both will prosper alike. You just keep doing. You know, there was Sadhu Sundar Singh. He was traveling in a train. He gave a track to the passenger sitting opposite. And that man immediately just crushed that paper and threw it outside the window. He went to a city and he started preaching. And there was somebody who was testifying. One day I was in the railway track under a bridge. And I wanted to commit suicide. At that time from the train window a crushed paper fell down. I opened it up. And you know, this was what that particular scripture text was there. Why should you die? So I read through that message. And I am saved. Yes, beloved, whatever you do for the Lord, God will honor you. Keep on doing. Load your bag with lots of tracks. Go stand in street corners, bus station, railway station, distribute tracks. And go to villages to preach the gospel. 70% of Indians are living in villages. Go on, sing aloud for Jesus. Don't just be satisfied, I'm giving some money for God's work, that is enough. Each one must reach one. You know what did Apostle Paul say? Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. And that is a commitment that is given to me. And that is a duty that has fallen on me. Yes, beloved, today comes this challenge to you. Do not substitute anything for personal work. Today you decide that with whatever you have, you will go out to share the gospel with another person. As you start, you will find the Lord strengthening you further and further. Shall we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit that has come upon us. You have made us prophets. You have made us priests. You have made us kings. To proclaim your praises. To just speak forth your words. Help us not to bury them, but to use them. Help us, O oh God, daily to reach at least one person for your kingdom. Thank you for speaking to us. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.